Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. And we want to remind everybody that we have joined the Off The Ball Network. So we really appreciate wherever you are accessing us from, whether it's Nothing But Net, whether it's in podcast form on any of the podcast websites you may listen. You can also check out all the other great shows on Off The Ball Network. Go to offtheballnetwork.com and you can check out all that coverage, whether it's articles, other podcasts, radio shows. We have everything on offtheballnetwork.com, including coverage of all different sports. A reminder that we are sponsored by BetUS. BetUS is the newest sponsor of the Off the Ball Network. They have the fastest payouts in the industry and offer a 125% sign-up bonus when you use promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps at sign-up. Head over to BetUS.com to sign up today. Again, that's BetUS.com, promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps. Unlike all the other bars out there that taste either like old Play-Doh or a piece of cardboard, when you eat a Built Bar, you will think you are cheating on your diet with a delicious chocolate dessert. If your kids find out how good these are, you're going to have to buy more because they will be begging for them. They have great flavors such as cookies and cream, double chocolate, strawberry, peanut butter brownie, and much more. Use the code OFFTHEBALL in all caps at checkout to get a 10% discount at Built.com. Again, that's OFFTHEBALL, all caps, at checkout to get a 10% discount at Built.com. Jumping in to Wolves Jazz now. Wolves missing seven players due to COVID. Jazz have only trailed by double digits in five games, and they have actually lost all of them. Wolves starting D'Lo Beasley, Jaden Lehman, and Nas in this one. Interesting uh, statistic here. So most games with four-plus three-pointers made in the league. Steph Curry's number one at 22 games. You have Buddy Hill at two at 18. Desmond Bain is third at 14. And right behind him is Malik Beasley at 13. I would say the biggest difference between Beasley and those other players is definitely your shooting percentage. He has just not been efficient so far this season. 
Both teams start with a turnover, but Delos was unforced and honestly real stupid. Reed starts with a nice block, though. 4-4 four, four is the start. Both teams starting slow, although to me, Wolves definitely have looked like the better team, especially when you consider the Jazz are pretty much missing no one. Mitchell, tough matchup for anyone, and I went into this game wondering just how well Jaden was going to fare against him. Beasley hits the 3-4, the 9-8 lead, 8 minutes to go, although it's short-lived as the Jazz answer right back, and then Reed gets his second foul already. Obviously, we're already shorthanded. You have guys getting into foul trouble. Everything just adds up to, let's just say, unfortunateness. Delo has been quite the mixed bag so far in the game. Some great passes, some awful ones, and he still hasn't scored. When you are the number one player on a team, I look at it this way. You talk about empty stats. That's a, a really common thing that we've seen over the years with Wolves players, for example. People saying, well, just a you know, someone that's playing well on a bad team. And here we have D'Lo on a team that I wouldn't call as bad because we're not a bad team. Even with our, even with our depth pieces playing, I don't, I don't necessarily consider us a bad team. But if you're D'Lo, come on, you should be shining bright in this game. And he just did not have that, at least early on. Lehman impressed me on both ends, especially given how little he normally plays. Uh, it was nice to see him come out of the gates and, and look pretty good. 13-13, to 13, 6 to go in the first. Jaden playing very well on both ends as well. Impressive cuts and really nice inside scoring. Mitchell, however, we talked about how that matchup was going to go. He already has 11 of the Jazz's 19 points. 19-19 as Knight goes 1-for-2 from the line. You know, Wolves in general keep shooting themselves in the foot. Many stupid, unforced live ball turnovers. That has been a common theme with the Wolves, with the Iowa Wolves. This is something we've been seeing. And so far, the issue I had was it was the main guys, not the newer, normally bench-ridden guys that were making a lot of these mistakes. Noel starts hot, and a three has it tied 22 apiece in the first. Leah and J-Mac are in, and the first thought is, first of all, why are they playing together? I, I struggle to see that working. But on top of that, they need to be better this game. Those are two players that you just have not gotten enough from in any game throughout the season. Yes, Bomaro has had some high spots, has had some moments. J-Mac has pretty much, I'm not even sure if he's had any moments or any games. To me, he's not an NBA player. Not consistently anyways. If They talk about him being an emergency player, right? That's why you have him. The problem is you've had the emergency too often. And that's a problem because he's not a player that's going to be able to contribute meaningfully in large stints. Bomaro gets run over, no call. And then what happens? Easy white side dunk, unfortunately, for the Jazz. Wolves now cannot buy a call, and it helps the Jazz build their lead now up 33-24. to Beasley 3 stops the 8-0 run, but Conley hits the buzzer beater, and the Jazz are up 35-27 to after one. To me... In this first quarter, I felt when it ended, it seemed to me like the Jazz were very fortunate to be on top by eight because for much of this first quarter, we definitely were the better team. The difference maker, of course, Donovan Mitchell, by far the best player on the court in this game. Wolves heating up a bit in that second quarter and are able to get back to within four. One question I had early in this second quarter is why did Noel play so little and why does J-Mac need to play so much? And we're going to talk about this more when we talk about the next game versus the Celtics. But I have some serious questions for Chris Finch. I don't understand 
why he doesn't seem to be a Noel fan. He says he is. We don't see it enough. I, I just have concerns there. I don't understand what the issue is. The guy needs to be playing. Even when the team's full, even when we're fully healthy, there's no reason why Jalen Noel shouldn't be getting minutes. Beasley up to three triples in this game, and just like that, it is back to within two. There was this really interesting back and forth. Uh, Lehman and Ingles, and I got to say, why was Ingles so incredibly angry? It was just such a weird thing. Lehman kind of smiled, laughed it off. Part of it could be the fact that I don't think Lehman felt he had a chance if those two were to go at it. But at the same time, seriously, what was Ingles doing? Uh, it was very weird. So they end up going to the replay. They show what led to everything. And Lehman gets an offensive foul. He just kind of ran into Ingles. It was kind of a nothing thing. I don't know why it made Ingles so incredibly angry. The whole interaction was just weird. The So Lehman gets an offensive foul, which I thought was a little strange. But I, I understand why, they, why something had to happen. And then uh, Ingles gets teed up on the play as well. So just a very interesting back and forth between those two guys. Ingles hits a three. And then for some reason he talks shit to Lehman. And I watched, as I'm watching this, I kind of felt to myself, I kind of hope that Joe Ingles gets thrown out of this game at some point. Because here's the thing. You're going to talk shit to a guy that normally never plays and not just doesn't play. He is legitimately like the 13th or 14th guy on the team. And you're going to talk shit to that guy? You're fully healthy. Just shut up. Play the game. What are you doing getting in the face of a glorified role player? Are we really doing this? Joe Ingles, come on. Settle down, man. What are you doing? <laughs> just ridiculous. Uh, feels like the Wolves, though, in this game just seem to want it more in that first half. Uh, fighting hard, and they were able to tie the game up, they were tied, able to tie the game with six minutes left in that first half. Threesley on fire in this game. Another three, and the Wolves are up just like that, 50-47. to 47. And then, wow, a fantastic dunk from Nas Reed. And as Jim Pete says, he really seems to do this once a game. And for anyone that doesn't watch the Iowa Wolves, it's very similar to what you get out of Nathan Knight. Usually there's one or two plays in an, an Iowa Wolves game where you get this big dunk. Or actually, I take that back. Because Nathan Knight has only been able to play a few games. Just in general, Nathan Knight's kind of that type of player. The guy for Iowa, actually, that you get one of these a game, I should say, is Isaiah Miller, surprisingly. That guy can that guy can absolutely jump out of the gym. And he does it usually one or two times a game. He'll have some sort of a, a big, flashy dunk. So it's cool to see that we're starting to see that more from Nas. Mitchell, you know, he can really take over games. And, and the problem is it's so incredibly easy. In the meanwhile, you look over at the Wolves' side of things, and D'Lo pretty much can never consistently shoot. And this is another game where we're seeing it again. Game in, game out, you just do not get consistency from D'Lo. It's night and day between those two players. Clarkson, Dunk has everyone excited, and just like that, they are up four. But wow, so much energy, and the Wolves answer with their eighth turnover. D'Lo on the game, two of eight but does have good assist and rebound numbers. Wolves needed D'Lo to me. They needed D'Lo, and they needed Noel to step up big, and so far it just hadn't happened in this game. And the one thing I want to comment, so I'm talking here about D'Angelo Russell and his good assist and rebound numbers. This is a misconception. Someone said this to me in response to me talking up a player and how they... I didn't think they had an amazing game, but they did a good job of setting out assists. They did a good job of passing out rebounds. Or not passing out rebounds, getting rebounds, being active on the glass. 
And here's my problem. This person that I was talking to made the comment, well, if you have the ball in your hands that often, that's what's going to happen. You're just going to get assists. It doesn't mean you played well. I call BS. That is ridiculous. Because if you get double-digit assists in a game, you've done something right. And it's not just you had the ball in your hands. Because if you think that's the case, then you've clearly never watched a Wolves game when J.J. Barea played. You've never watched a game where the Wolves played and Jeff Teague played. These are players that had the ball in their hands constantly and would dribble the air out of the ball. I'm sorry, but just because you have the ball in your hands doesn't mean you're going to get assists. Also, if it did mean that, why are there not more players averaging double-digit assists? It's just not that common. So I, I call I call bullshit. I think that's ridiculous. There's, there's just nothing to that argument. So I, I just felt like this was a good place to kind of address that. And we'll talk more about that in game number two when we talk about the Celtics game. Jazz able to push their lead to 10 as the Wolves, not only can they not consistently score, but just not able to get consistent stops as well. Lehman ends the second, hits a three. Wolves are down 67-60 at the half. And all things considered, I was pretty happy at this point. Could have been a lot worse. And you're playing a team that's basically fully healthy, and you're missing all of your best players for the most part. I mean, that's a huge difference maker. Looking at the uh, hustle points or the stats made easy at halftime. So effective field goal percentage, 56 for the Wolves, 61 for the Jazz. So Jazz really shooting well. I mean, that's a big part. Not that the Wolves are shooting poorly, but that 4% was a big swing. 12 points off turnovers for the Wolves to 10 for the Jazz. 12 second chance points for the Wolves. That's actually tied with the Jazz. So the Wolves have put up a pretty good fight here. Free throws, 5 of 6, 11 of 13. I did not think that the refereeing was ideal in this game. So, to me, it's not surprising that you saw that big of a discrepancy. I mean, think about it. The Wolves, the statistics don't lie. We don't get to the line. And it's not for a lack of trying. It's not for a lack of getting fouled. We just don't get calls. Stats back it up. Jazz, by the way, lead the NBA in second chance scoring. So, when I look at that second half, I definitely feel like that's something that could be a problem given we don't have a lot of size. Jaden, though, in the, early in the second, up to 16 points, and D'Lo is now up to 10 assists, or at least he should be. They had this really interesting play where he made a fantastic pass back inside, kind of saved the ball. Wolves scored, and they didn't give him the assist. Now, eventually, they do end up changing it. Thank goodness, later in the game, they made the adjustment, and they did give him that assist. Things start to get a bit ugly, though, as Boyan is on Fire from three, and the Jazz, just like that, are up 14 points. Rudy hammers Nas to the ground, no call. What is that even? Like, how does that happen in so many games? And on the other end, Rudy gets gets the call. It's absolutely ridiculous. I just don't know what more the Wolves can do at this point. Russell able to hit a three finally, and the question I say is, can he get hot? Because DeAndre Russell getting hot is generally the difference maker in games. When he finally starts hitting shots, the Wolves themselves get that much better. Obviously, that's common sense. And they end up winning games. That's just how it works. D'Lo uh, gets a three, and Nas gets a three. And the Wolves have done a great job of getting it back to single digits. But the problem you run into is that the Jazz seem to always answer right back. Beasley up to five threes. Wolves still down ten, though. As To me, this game, the best way to describe it was quicksand. Didn't matter how hard the Wolves fought. They just seem to be stuck. D'Lo, another three, and he is absolutely on fire at this point. Five straight three makes for the Wolves, but they're still down seven. So they haven't even made a single dent in that halftime deficit, which is, you got to be so frustrated. And that's the problem with 
when you start slow in games. It's so much work to try to come back. And not only are you trying to come back, but you're also going to have to come back, continue to get stops, and then also continue to score to overtake the lead. It's that difficult, especially if you're as shorthanded as the Wolves were in this game. And so you're thinking halftime deficit is seven. To get that back is is just incredibly challenging, especially against the Jazz, one of the best teams in the league. Dilo gets fouled, misses the dunk, and no call. Shocker. And what's sad is the Jazz need the refs to help them win this game. That, to me, is very sad. And I think part of it is it tells you just the type of effort you get from these Wolves on a night-in, night-out basis. Guys that are going to get minutes that normally wouldn't, they step up. We've seen that time and time again with the Wolves, which is great to see, especially during a pandemic year. This is exactly what you need to stay relevant. You know, Jazz, so many different times, Jazz score because they have numbers. And as a result, so what should be five or four, it's now a nine-point lead because the Wolves can't get fouls. That is a con- We've seen that in multiple games this season. And then Whiteside fouls Knight on the rebound. No call again. Wolves have only six free throws in this game. And again, it's not because the Jazz don't foul. Jazz back up 12 with a minute to go in the third. Beasley makes it 10, and he is now up to 23 in the game. 101-90 is your score after three. And again, I'll say it, all things considered, Wolves played pretty admirably and could have easily been down a lot more than this. So I really appreciated the fight against, again, one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Heck, one of the better teams in the NBA in general. Nas gets elbowed in the face by Gobert, and yeah, to me, has to be a flagrant because intent just doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with it. It was ugly, and it was hard. And Jim Pete has it right. It has to be a flagrant one. And again, I appreciate the referees. They did get this right. More often than not this season, when it comes to reviewing for flagrants, things of that nature, I think the refs have done a really good job. Sometimes in the past, I feel like refs have underplayed or or overplayed the extent of contact or how serious or how egregious things are. And this season, I got to give them credit. I think they've done a pretty good job overall. Stupid turnovers for the Wolves. And they continue to be unforced. Now, again, I get it. We're missing a lot of players. It's depth. These guys that don't always play that much. But you've been playing basketball your entire life. Take care of the basketball. Uh, Unfortunately, though, the Wolves down 11. And they keep making mistakes, and just like that, are down 13. Still a 13-point game with eight to go as Finch calls timeout. Wolves have likely, to me, I'm watching this saying, one or two chances left, or the game's over. And it's back to within 10 as Delo 3 with six minutes to go. You watch this game, and the Wolves fight, and they fight, and they fight. But in another Beasley 3, Wolves on a 10-2 run, down 7. Think about that. They played like this. You know, stretches where they, they really didn't value the basketball. The Jazz played really well. And, and you're still able to keep the Jazz even. Like, you've played the Jazz even in the entire second half. That is impressive, to say the least. Uh, taking a look at the points, how they've broken down so far in this game. Beasley with 28. D'Angelo Russell with 19, which 19 sounds good when you think about how poor his shooting was to start. Think about it. He started the game 2 of 8, 25% from the field. It's not going to get the job done. Jaden McDaniels, a solid 16. Nasrid, 15. Jake Lehman, 11. Jake Lehman in this game was, was solid. Jake Lehman was good. For a player that basically never plays, he stepped up, and he was big. Nas sits as he appears banged up. Knight comes in, and it's now the starters minus Nas, and you add in Nathan Knight. And all I can say is yuck. Nathan Knight, great defense, and Gobert, an awful shot. Banks it in, 
no chance that was on purpose. He's not calling that. And it was gross. I don't know about you, but one of the things that is gross to me and one of the things that angers me more than anything else is bank shots that clearly are not on purpose. There's no way. I get that there's no way to do this. There's no way to have this be a thing. But it would be great if there was a way to know whether a guy was intending on backboard. So, like, if there was a rule where you say, look, if you if you make it from backboard, you have to have called it first. And not, not as you shot it. You have to call it before you let go of the basketball. You have to call bank. There's no way to do that. And I'll tell you this. When I was in college, I was kind of a dick on the basketball court. And there would be times where I would – I definitely played some games where I said to a player that I knew I was going to beat, I would jump in and say, here's the deal. I'm going to play you, and I'm going to – bank every single shot in this game and on everyone's going to be on purpose every single shot i take is going to be a bank and i'm going to beat you and i would i i could do that because i'm not not trying to brag i'm just saying i i could do that and make those shots pretty consistently and if there was a way to do that i think basketball would be more fun or at least less frustrating because bad gross bank shots just ugh. and the wolves also just don't get enough of those we don't get a lot of luck when it comes to things like that so i can't appreciate it because we don't get it and then Mitchell, super tough shot, able to make it anyways. And in his case, it's because he's that good. That's just the bottom line. Some guys are just that good. You're, you're good enough where you're going to get bounces like that. You're good enough where things like that are going to happen more often than not. And it's tough to be upset about that. But at the same time, this goes back to the whole idea that it's better to be lucky than good. Nas still out. So still, to me, it seemed like he was clearly hurt. And it's just a war of attrition at this point. Wolves did everything. Everything they could, but just not enough key players and able to get this done. Nas, now, he does end up coming back in, but it really felt like too little too late at that point. And Conley gets a three, ices the game, and they are up 13 points with two minutes to go in this one. 128 to 116 is the final. Taking a look at kind of who was able to do what in terms of the stats. Looking at the Timberwolves, again, Jake Lehman. I thought he was impressive. Six of 11 from the field. He was able to grab seven rebounds, got two steals, a block. A lot to like there. 13 points, but a minus 10. So there you have it there. Taking a look at some of the other guys. Malik Beasley, 13 of 25. I mean, you'll take that every day of the week. Seven of 16 from three. Where's that Malik Beasley been all season? That's how you're going to win games. That's what you need. D'Angelo Russell, seven of 20. I, I don't know, think I need to say much more about that. Although, four of eight from three, you'll take that. That's not bad. Overall, I think you got a lot of nice things in this game. D'Angelo Russell, 14 assists. Very impressive. And not a single, uh, only, sorry, only three turnovers for him, which is not bad. You'll take it. He was a minus five, one of the team leaders, actually, in that. So you had a minus five for Russell, minus four for Noel. And then you had a smattering of other guys that are kind of right around there. I don't look at one player and say, this is the reason we lost. I thought there was pretty good fight from everybody. Maybe maybe the guy that I think would, would you'd sometimes you'd look at and say you needed more would be Nas Reed. But in this game, I thought Nas Reed was very impressive. And here's the thing. One of the issues I kind of have with Nas is he's not a great rebounder. Just pretty consistently, I feel like that's an area where he needs to get better. But in this game, he was impressive. Ten rebounds. And you think about some of the guys he's going up against. Rudy Gobert is no joke. So ten rebounds. Pretty impressive there. Uh, you'll definitely take that. And actually, you you almost win the, the rebounding battle, which I thought was pretty impressive. The Wolves worked hard on the glass. 44 rebounds, only 45 for the Jazz. That's impressive. You'll definitely take that. And then you look at the assist game. You know, 29 assists for the Wolves. And then you jump over to the Jazz, 31. 
So in many ways, the Wolves were very competitive in this game. And you know what was nice about this? It wasn't one guy, right? So 10 boards for Reed, 9 for McDaniel, 7 for Lehman, 6 for Beasley. You had 7 for Russell, who was on triple-double watch for part of this game. So many guys contributed. Really, you lost this game, but the score doesn't tell the story. I thought that the Wolves played really, really well. Looking over at the other side of things, and man, you got some good games from whether it was Rudy Gobert, who was 17 rebounds, 20 points, 4 blocks. Come on. You can't ask for much more than that. Donovan Mitchell, 28 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. These are guys that stepped up. Mike Conley was good. Joe Ingles was good. So many different players. Uh, Boyan was good. A lot of guys were really, really solid in this game. Wolves should be proud of themselves, though, with how they handled this, losing all, as many players as they were having. Again, 128 to 116 is your final. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and let's take a look at a word from our sponsors before we jump into the next game. As seen on ABC Shark Tank and invested in by Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, Ice Shaker received offers from all five sharks in the show. Kitchen-grade insulated stainless steel that will keep your drinks cold and won't absorb odor like a plastic shaker bottle does. Created by the Gronk Brothers, for anyone living an active and healthy lifestyle, the Ice Shaker is perfect for every drink, not just protein shakes. The patented twist in agitator will break up any powders, but also works as a strainer to make sure you always get the perfect pour. Use promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps and help out the network. Again, that's Ice Shaker, and you can use the promo code off the ball in all caps. Visit iceshaker.com. Welcome back to Nothing But Net on Dash Radio. We are the Howl jumping into game number two here that we're covering on this episode. That is Wolves versus Celtics. Taking a look at the starters as the Wolves are missing a ton of players. So are the Celtics, mind you. But the Wolves are stuck with Beasley, J-Mac, Knight, Jaden, and Akogi coming into this game as the starters. Meanwhile, the Celtics have Pritchard, Horford, Williams, Brown, and Langford. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Celtics definitely, at least on paper, have the better starting five. A quick 7-1 run for the Celtics, and it looked so incredibly easy. Akogi already over-dribbling in this game, and Beasley a cold start 0-2 from 3. I absolutely, when I watched this game, would have started Noel, not J-Mac. J-Mac already two missed free throws. I'm just not a J-Mac fan. Not as a person. Seems like a really good guy. Seems like a good locker room guy. A good bench guy. As a player, he just doesn't do enough to justify having him on an NBA roster. I don't think that's, I don't think that's ridiculous to say. Wolves early on, especially, lazy on the defensive glass. Just weren't really focused enough on boxing out. And the Celtics really seemed to be the more aggressive team. But speaking of aggressiveness, I like Knight's aggressiveness. But unfortunately, early in this game, he was just not able to be the beneficiary of calls. He would take it inside and just refs weren't giving him the respect he deserved. And that's one of those things that always frustrates me, this idea that you have to earn calls. There's nothing in the rule book that says I have to earn calls. It's a foul or it's not. Let's just call it that way. I don't, I don't need the name on the back of the jersey to matter more than the rules themselves. I've never understood that. It probably will never change. That's just how it is in the NBA, and rightfully so, it frustrates me. Uh, Beasley and Jaden, though, answer from three, and the Wolves down just 8-11, to 7.30 to go in the first. Akogi already pulled for Jake Lehman. He just stinks. That's all there is to it. I'm sorry, but he does. He stinks. That's bottom line. I, I had someone tell me recently that 
he's a leader. And I, I get that. I think that's fair. I think that's a very fair assumption to say that he's a good locker room guy, he's a good leader, and he works hard. I bet he's a great guy to have in practice, but he's a tough guy for me to have on your roster if you have to play him. Same with J-Mac, right? Those are two guys that just really frustrate me, uh, you know, start to finish. Wolves able to get a number of stops in a row, but the problem they ran into in the first couldn't consistently score, and that's not surprising. You think about the guys that they had in this game, Beasley's the guy that needs to score, right? That's the guy you're relying on to score. Jaden McDaniels, he's very up and down this season. I, I don't feel that I can rely on him as a scorer. But the guy that I can rely on is sitting on the bench, and that's Jalen Noel. So I think you're destined in a game like this. If you don't start your best offensive player that's available, you're going to start off slow, just the way it is. And it, I'll say this, it isn't close for me. Nathan Knight, by far, was the best player for the Wolves in this game to start. Gets an and one, and he has the game tied. He has been fantastic on both ends of the court. Beasley now 2 of 5 from 3. Wolves first lead of the game 14 to 12 with 450 to go in the first. And then make it 17 to 12 as Noel is in, and he hits the corner three, and the Wolves are on a 15 to 1 run as the Celtics call a timeout. Celtics, though, 11 straight misses. Celtics, sadly, though, answer with a big run of their own, including a super deep contested Pritchard 3, and that has them up 22-19, to two minutes to go. The funny thing is, for anyone that watches the G League, now I get this is kind of basketball in general, but the G League is notorious for runs. Just both teams are going to go on really long runs at some point in the game. It just happens. It's not much of a back and forth. It's a game of runs in the G League. So it shouldn't be that surprising that you have a team filled with G-leaguers that does literally that. <laughs> so it's just one of those things that is kind of funny how that translates. Jaden McDaniels, a nice mid-range hit, but he's now in foul trouble. Two fouls just when he had started uh, really looking good, started strong, and you felt like he, for one of the first games this season, wasn't in, you know, wasn't having foul issues. And just like that, there he is, boom, two fouls in that first quarter. And I, <laughs> all I can say is oof. Layman early in this game was struggling. He just did not have it. And to be fair, someone else pointed this out to me, and I think this is fair. Other than a really short stint where he played some nice defense, for example, maybe had some nice baskets, including an alley-oop, overall, Jake Lehman was not good in this game. And that's fair. Jake Lehman doesn't play that much, though. And to me, this was my argument back to this person, is that if I had to choose between Jake Lehman and Josh Okoge in terms of a guy that I would prefer to have at the end of my bench, honestly... Right at this moment, I would probably choose Jake Lehman. I just do not trust Josh Kogi because Josh is very is very much like a chicken with its head cut off. He just runs around, and honestly, a lot of the things he does, you'd think he didn't have eyes because he's so out of control. He makes poor decisions. Ugh, I just get so frustrated by Josh Kogi. And if you look at this last night's game, you may be thinking to yourself, how are we going to find a roster spot and the money to sign, for example, Greg Monroe? if you decide to go that route, because the Wolves have really been struggling in terms of having the correct size against some teams. Greg Monroe brings that size that you need. He can get in there. And also, it's nice to have another guy available for when guys get into foul trouble. Nas gets into foul trouble. Carl Anthony Towns gets into foul trouble. Jared Vanderbilt gets into foul trouble. Jaden McDaniels gets into foul trouble. These are all players that we just don't have the correct depth for, and Greg Monroe can help fix that. On top of that, Greg Monroe really looked good last night. So lots of things to touch on, and ultimately, that could be what ends up happening. Do the Wolves look to move a Jake Lehman, a J-Mac? Do they look to move Josh Okogie? What are they going to do? I, 
the roster we have right now, I would be absolutely floored, shocked, if at the end of the season, the same guys are still on the team. That just, to me, seems very unlikely. Celtics, uh, like I said, go on that big run, able to take that lead. Wolves, too many mental lapses on the defensive, and that's a big part of this. Guys, wide open constantly, and 29-23 is the score after the first quarter. All things considered, though, if you're the Wolves, you're pretty happy with the way that, thing, that that first quarter went, given how many guys you're missing. Second starts, Monroe is in. We weren't really sure what was going to happen with Monroe. You know, it's funny, well, 30 minutes before the game is when Chris Finch met Greg Monroe, and he was asked, how much is Greg Monroe going to be able to play? And Finch said, well, I just met him 30 minutes ago. Guess we'll find out. I have to talk to him. So it's one of those things where this is just the time we live in, and guess what's a good Stat from the time we live in, 541 different players have played this season, and that's the new record, beating the old record from last season. In fact, all of the top five years, as far as players, different players playing the NBA, all five of them are the last five years. So I think that really tells you the difference in how the NBA is used, how effectively the G League is being used, which I think is very effective. I think the G League has been fantastic, and it's great that the NBA finally has Sort of a true minor league system. I like that. Looking at Monroe early on, very heady player. And he was able to make an immediate impact in this game, passing the basketball, including a nice assist to Okogi for a three, and the Wolves are down just two. Also impressive stat, Wolves 11 assists on 11 makes to start this game. That is exactly what you want to see, especially you have a bunch of guys that haven't been playing together. There's not going to be a lot of chemistry there. Being smart with the basketball, passing the basketball, making that extra move or pass to a guy that maybe you don't even know enough to trust to make the right play, but you're going to make the right play. I think that's a big part of it. Akogi, a fantastic block here in the second quarter. It's good to see that from him. And Akogi, we talked about this with the last game. We've talked about this before. Nas Reed and dunks, right? You look at the G League, whether it's Nathan Knight, whether it's Isaiah Miller. Once a game, you get a dunk, right? Josh Okoge makes a few plays like this every game. The problem is it's not consistent, and the negatives just do not outweigh, or the, the positives don't, don't outweigh the negatives. It's just consistent. That's the, that's the problem that we're seeing. Noel hits a three, though, ties it up. He's now two of three and has hit 11 of his last 21 shots from three. Celtics, though, have hit some crazy tough shots in this game. Time and time again, that's the story. Guys getting lucky, guys hitting tough shots. The Wolves play good defense. Sometimes offense is just better, and it definitely happens a lot, unfortunately, when the Wolves are involved. Knight, though, hits a three. He is joining that party, ties it up again with six minutes to go in the first half. That is the fifth tie of the game so far. As far as shooting is concerned, Wolves 37%, Celtics 30%. A big part of that, though, is that slow start the Wolves had on the glass. That led to some second-chance points for the Celtics. They've been able to get more shots up. It's part of the reason why they are able to you know, sit with us is more shot attempts. Big part of it. I will say I love the fight from this group that played last night. And it's why, before the game, for anyone that doesn't follow me on Twitter, again, at the Sportsmen, anyone that's in any of my Wolves group chats, I predicted the Wolves were winning this game. I felt strongly about it. I got laughed at. Well, let's get to the end of this game and see who's laughing now. And Wolves take the lead. And how about this? When they get this lead, they are up to nine second-chance points, only four for the Celtics. And a lot of those second-chance points, I believe, happened right at the beginning of the game. So the Wolves have been able to really stem that tide and be more successful as far as the glass. 
Wolves, seven turnovers so far, and the latest one gives the Celtics the lead, and then the Wolves answer with their eighth turnover, and then their ninth turnover as three straight possessions where the Wolves had turnovers. And then, adding insult to injury, Knight rolls his ankle because, of course, when it rains, it pours, and he was in a lot of pain, so I was a little concerned at this point. And at that point, Wolves go on a colder-than-cold streak, and almost every miss has been wide open, which is so frustrating. Jaden, Beasley, the biggest culprits in this game, and the Celtics go on not just an 8-0 run with up with uh, 6 to go. Sorry, 8-0 run, up 6 with 1 to go. They make it a 10-0 run as Brown is all of a sudden starting to click. Beasley, at this point, the word that came to mind for me in this game was chucker. He just seemed like he was chucking shots. It was almost like he was he figured to himself, well, someone's got to score. I'm just going to throw the ball at the hoop and hope it goes in because some of his shots were just, they were just bad. And it's 13-0 run. Pritchard, another deep, deep, deep three. And the Wolves down 11 at the half. And it was at this point where I got a little nervous, and it felt to me like it was going to be make or break when we got into that third quarter. I was starting to feel like the game was getting out of hand. Part of that was we didn't know what was going to happen with Nathan Knight at that point. Good news is, second half starts, and guess who's back? Nathan Knight is back in, scores right away to start the half, and he is up to nine points. Robert Williams picks up his fourth and crazy, how about this stat? The Celtics at this point only had six fouls as a team. And first of all, I'm not sharing the stat because I thought the refereeing was bad. I didn't, I didn't think it was. I don't think I've even mentioned the refereeing in this game at this point. But what's crazy is that you have six, six fouls as a team, and one guy's got four of them. You just don't see that that often. And then Knight, what a fantastic dunk. He is so powerful when it comes to in-game dunking, which is cool to see. And he has been a one-man wrecking crew. Wolves back to six, but unfortunately Williams gets lucky with a roll on a shot and is back to nine just like that. 38-28 Celtics winning the glass battle. We talked about how that was an issue early in the game, and it started to creep its head back a little bit at the end of that first half. Of course, when you're losing Nathan Knight, that makes a difference, right? He's one of your better rebounders. And then you go to Nathan Knight again, single-handedly keeping the Wolves in this one as he's up to 15 points. Still can't buy a foul, unfortunately, as he was fouled on both ends. Uh, His last make, no calls. And on on the other end, Williams gets fouled on the floor and gets free throws. So I talk about how the referees have done a pretty good job, and I think they did overall in this game. But there were a few stretches where they definitely struggled a bit. Noel, two straight threes, though. Also able to help keep the Wolves afloat. Lehman, however, continues to struggle on both ends. Noel, on the other hand, up to 18, 7 of 11 shooting overall. Wolves, unfortunately, they can score but can't get any stops here in the third as their defense is non-existent. The lead is still 11 with five minutes to go. And at this point, you're kind of feeling like the Jazz game, right? It's very much quicksand because you're fighting. You feel like you're playing pretty good offensively. And yet because your defense isn't there, you're just struggling. You're not making any progress. You're still stuck. Interesting play here. Knight dives for the ball. He calls a timeout. Referee won't give him the timeout. Instead, waits for the Celtics to jump in to the scrum and then calls a jump ball. (laughs) You just can't make it up. The NBA, man. Knight, a new career high with 17 points. You know, it'd be nice if Knight got those same calls that they call on him. He's at 17 points. He could have easily at this point been up to, what, 21, 23, 24, somewhere in that range if they just call fouls. But 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists, you would take that every day of the week. And that's exactly why that guy needs to play more. Even when healthy, Nathan Knight deserves minutes. The J-Mac Lehman transition alley-oop in this game was so pretty. 
I can't take that away from them. They had played bad. To this point, I felt like they had played pretty bad. But this was fun to watch. It was just as good as it gets. And Lehman then two straight blocks as well. And then Brown throws up a prayer, and it goes in on this one possession. And that right there, by the way, that was pretty much the extent of the, the good Jake Lehman play. So I can admit I was wrong there when I was talking about Jake Lehman. Although it's more of a in general thing for me because Josh Okogie just, he, to me, he's not the answer. If you want to say Lehman's not the answer, that's fine. But if I had to pick one of those two players, I think I'd pick Jake Lehman. That's just kind of how I feel. One thing I noticed in this game, I did not remember I did not remember Greg Monroe being such a good passer. He was so good in this game as far as passing is concerned. Wolves need to be down single digits going into the fourth, and a Jaden and one has it to five, 37, or 38 seconds to go, and just like that, 79-74, Wolves down just five to end the third. So they did enough in that third quarter to keep themselves in it, which was huge. As we're jumping into the fourth, I think about how the team has been used, the different players, the lineups that we've gone with. And to me, if I'm the coach, the lineup that I was going to use as much as possible in the fourth was Noel, Beasley, Jaden, Knight, and Monroe. You have to hope Jaden and Beasley somehow come to the party as far as shooting is concerned. But what you get out of Jaden as far as rebounding, as far as his defense, those are things that you definitely need. Monroe able to get it back 2-3 to start the fourth. Noel then ties it up with a three, and that's the first tie since the first half, and he's now up to 21 points in the game. Jalen Noel, a dunk and the lead, and this play was incredible as he absolutely posterized one of the Celtics, and, you know, I, I can't remember who it was at the moment, which, that was it Jabari Parker? Uh, regardless, it was fantastic. And I love, I don't know if anyone's made the gif yet of him running down the court and then sticking his tongue on at one of his players in celebration. He was fired up. And it was at this point, I kind of felt to myself, when I watched Jalen Noel, Jalen Noel is everything that we thought Malik Beasley was. Is that fair? I feel like that's a fair take. I've been tough on Beasley throughout this season, and I think it's warranted. He's gotten better, and he's had some impressive games, and he's done enough where I do think he has some solid trade value. But if you look at those two players, Jalen Noel is what you thought Malik Beasley would be. And ultimately, when we're all healthy, I want someone to tell me why should Malik Beasley play over Jalen Noel? Because I'm telling you right now, there's no argument you can give me that's going to justify it. Jalen Noel should be playing over Malik Beasley. If you want to play both of them, that's fine. But if you have to play just one, it's Noel. To me, it has to be. And that's the whole reason why I think Beasley is expendable and we should be looking to trade him, get some value for him if we can. And then Knight answers with a three. That's the second one of the game. And I love this from Dave Benz. As he said, it's nighttime when this happened. The way he said it, the delivery, everything about it was so perfect. And let me add in, Monroe, so good at passing, gets Beasley another three, and target center is absolutely on fire. Wolves up six, their largest lead of the game with 8.30 to go. And it's a 22-5 run for the Wolves overall. And again, I got to say this, J-Max sucks. A three-on-one, and he doesn't pass, gets fouled, makes just one free throw. And it was kind of a dangerous play. And I want to credit Jalen Brown because he jumps up, kind of buys the fake or the shot, and then J-Mac throws the shot up, and Brown kind of comes down hard on him. Credit Jalen Brown for grabbing him and making sure he, it wasn't worse than it was. I wish more players had that in their head, right? I, I think it's tough. It's not always easy. You're in the air. There's so much happening. You don't always think about that, but I think that says a lot about Jalen Brown as a person. But again, J-Mac, it's a three-on-one. Pass the ball. 
the spacing was a little goofy on on that transition play. Guys should have been spaced out a little better. But J-Mac, come on, man. You've been bad as far as free throw shooting goes. You're the last guy I want taking free throws out of that three. I think it was him, Beasley, and Noel maybe. Regardless, just frustrating. Wolves, however, have scored on every possession but one so far in the fourth quarter. You want to know how you're going to win games? You you score consistently. That's how it's going to happen. Horford finally ends the Wolves' run, and he's up to 16 now. Four of eight from three, and he's been really, really good. Four-point game, seven to go, and the Wolves just cannot afford any lapses. And what does J-Mac do? Gives the ball right to the Celtics. Although Knight with a fantastic block in transition, and then the and then Noel up to 26 as he hits another three. He's now six of eight from three in this game. But let's go back quickly to the Knight block in transition. So it was a bad live ball turnover by Jade, or by Jordan McLaughlin. Celtics push it. They get an open look or what they thought was an open look in the corner. Nathan Knight comes out of nowhere. Fantastic block. And Jim Pete pointed this out and I watched for it. Really cool. He's laying on the ground. He sits up and he's yelling at the crowd, like, get up, celebrate. This is fantastic. He was so invested in this game. You love to see it. I just don't know how you can't be a Nathan Knight fan at this point. And then moving on, Knight and Monroe. Can we talk about just in general what game changers these guys were on the glass specifically? They refuse to give the Celtics second looks. That is so big. There's been so many games where the Wolves have struggled with being able to rebound the basketball, or at least the effort to do so. And those two guys, every rebound that went up, it was theirs. They were going to get it. Another guy that actually had a couple plays like this was Jalen Noel. Those guys fight. I want fighters on this team. That's what the Wolves need. We haven't had good fighters in so long. It, it just consistently, at least, I don't feel like that's been something we've had on this team. And I think it starts with Patrick Beverly, who hopefully the Wolves are supposed to get back for the Knicks game. Man. Guys that can do that make a huge difference. And how about this? Knight now up to a 20-10 and 10 game. So fantastic from him. Monroe then gets a putback, has the Wolves up 9 with 5.33 to go, and this clock move faster. That's what I found myself telling myself at this point because you look at this roster, you look at historically how the Wolves perform in clutch, you're missing so many players. I just want this game over, and I want the Wolves to win. Unfortunately, not soon after that, Nathan Knight gets his fifth foul, and it was a foul. But again, I say this. Nathan Knight would have been even better if he got the same calls that the other team was getting. Celtics got so many calls, whether it was against Nathan Knight or other guys, that we weren't getting on the other end, and that was very frustrating to me. Nathan Knight ends up having to come out with five fouls. Jaden is in, and if Jaden's going to come in here, he has to step up and step up big. Wolves call a timeout, and to me, I love it. You're up seven. Things are just a little wonky because you're losing Nathan Knight. I think this was a great time to call the timeout. And I really credit Chris Finch again. Time and time time and time again, he has shown a propensity to really understand when to call timeouts. And how about this? Nine assists and five rebounds for J Mac. I thought he was bad in this game. And I'm not saying like I didn't I'm not a b I'm not a box score watcher. I think overall he was not he did not have a good game. That's absolutely fair. But if you think about how low the bar is with J-Mac and what your expectations are for J-Mac, for him to end this game with double-digit assists, I thought was impressive. And here's the thing. When I look at J-Mac, first of all, he's undersized. So for him to be able to get the rebounds that he did, a lot of that goes with what we talked about earlier, fight. But here's the other thing about J-Mac that I think people don't give him credit for. He doesn't get rattled. We Historically, how many times have we had guys in the Wolves team that 
just make the wrong decision. They they get rattled. I don't feel like J-Mac does that. He had a lot of really stupid mistakes just in terms of live ball turnovers in this game. And I shouldn't say a lot. He had four turnovers. It's too many. I get it. It's too many. But I think a lot of those turnovers, at least two of them, maybe three, were due to uh, what I'll touch on a little bit later, and, and that is something seemed off with him just in terms of the energy you were getting from him. And we'll get into that a little later. But overall, I thought J-Mac, in what you were expecting from him, what he gave you, I thought he was very, very serviceable. And I did not expect that. I was very worried about him coming into this game. And I think he was serviceable, bottom line. Wasn't good, wasn't great. I think he did his part. He did enough. That That's where I'm going to go with that. Again, it's a low bar, but that's kind of where I'm at with that. And again, this is not me saying I want to see more J-Mac. I don't. Patrick Beverly is going to be back, hopefully against the Knicks. Does J-Mac really even need to play? You know what? Probably not. I don't think he does. And so that's where I'm at with that. But ultimately, you expected him to probably do almost nothing in this game, and he stepped up. He was serviceable, and that's what you need from a guy like that. Jaden able to score on the cut, and it's back to 9 as the Wolves, 8 of 9. Celtics just 2 of 11 in this quarter. Wolves 44 to 20 winning points in the paint battle. And this goes back to what I talked about. These guys are fighting in there. Monroe, Jim Pete mentioned this, and I can't say enough about it. His footwork in the post is so good. Is it, you know what it reminds, when I think of really good footwork in the Timberwolves, I think of Big Al Jefferson. Man, that guy had good footwork. Just some of the best footwork we've ever seen. So I'm not, I, I think as a Wolves fan, we've been pretty fortunate with some of the guys we've gotten to watch. Carl Towns has very good footwork in the post. Greg Monroe, watch this game back if you didn't watch it, or watch for it in the Knicks game. Very, very good footwork. He's very effective in that post. And think about this. He hasn't played in the NBA in over two years. So for him to do what he did in this game was that much more impressive. J-Mac, such a stupid possession. Almost had two turnovers. This goes back to what I was talking about. Almost had two turnovers on the same play, but he only ends up having one. And he looks exhausted or off at this moment. And that's where I felt like this was a problem. It ends up getting the Celtics two easy points. And again, you just can't. This is a time in the game where you couldn't afford any missteps, and J-Mac looked absolutely gassed to me. So to, if you're Finch, that's the kind of thing you need to see. But ultimately, too, if you're J-Mac, it's such a tough position to be in, right? You want to help out your team. You want to continue to be successful. You don't want to be the guy that goes to the coach and says, Coach, I, I'm, I'm so tired, i got to take a break. Because these, these moments for these players just don't come that often. And so it's, it's such a tough position to be in. I do think that it did play a part in some of these mistakes that Jaden made down the stretch. Wolves have lost nine straight to the Celtics, including five at home. That stat right there had me just gunning for a victory. Jaden gets a three, and just like that, it is back to a 10-point lead for the Wolves with 3.30 to go. Even when the Celtics score, this is what was impressive. Even when they scored, Wolves always seem to have an answer. And that's what we were getting from the Celtics in the first half. You're getting that from the Wolves now in the fourth quarter. Monroe misses, and then a foul in transition as him and Brown kind of trip, slip. They, their legs got tangled a little bit, but Brown, another free throw miss, and that was huge. Knight comes back in. J-Mac finally pulled. To me, I think he just ran out of energy. If you take away those two turnovers at the end of the game, right, that stat line changes things a little bit. And you, to me, I think you'd look at him a little better. Celtics, the problem here we ran into is the Wolves have a nice lead. Celtics start to score a little too quick. Too easy makes... And, you know, this game's far from over. You're up seven, two minutes to go, but we've seen the Wolves blow decent-sized leads with less time than this. Celtics, though, start to foul intentionally. Noel goes to the line, 
Wolves are up seven with 45 seconds to go. That two that two minute to one minute stretch, it was basically just neither team able to be successful, and the Wolves benefited from that because you have a minute plus of time going off the clock, and you don't lose your lead at all. Nothing changes. Noel able to make both free throws, and it is now nine as he makes both. Let's take a look at how the points were broken down at this point in the game. 28 from Noel. Nathan Knight, 20. Jaden McDaniel, 17. Malik Beasley, 15. Greg Monroe, 11. So many guys stepped up in this game, and that's how you win. Jaden, by the way, fouls the three-point shooter. So we're under a, we're around, what, 30, 40 seconds? All three of them get made. It's a six-point game, but luckily it ended up not mattering as the Wolves do end up pulling out the victory. 108 to 103 is your final. Taking a look at some of the difference makers, Jaden McDaniels, if you want to wonder how good he played in this game, he defended Jalen Brown a lot, right? And for the most part, wasn't in a lot of foul trouble. And Jalen Brown shot 8 of 24. 8 of 24. That's huge. Looking at some of the other players, 2 of 9 for Romeo Langford. Peyton Pritchard, 8 of 22. But you know what, guy? I'm a big Peyton Pritchard fan. I really liked him in the draft. Maybe you don't take such deep threes. Yeah, you made a couple of them. But overall... Man, you got to be better than that if your team's going to win. you got to step up. Juancho Hernan Gomez, he played 15 minutes, and he looked so bad. I mean, he looked absolutely terrible. And when you see that and you say to yourself, how did Juancho Hernan Gomez get the Wolves' Patrick freaking Beverly? I just <laughs> – I throw my hands up in the air. It's The whole thing is ridiculous. Grant Williams, for anyone that didn't watch him at Tennessee, Grant Williams is a solid, really solid player. Really good guy off the bench. He was 3 of 5 from 3. I thought he had a pretty good impact in this game. 4 of 4 from the line. He did a lot of nice things. I think Grant Williams is a really good player. Plus 5 in this game. You know, think about that. Uh, Horford, Brown, plus 11, plus 10. These are guys that did stuff. Romeo Langford, by the way, a minus 32. That's not going to get the job done. Over on the Timberwolves side of things, I talked about Josh Kogi. I just wasn't impressed with him. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't meant to be for him in this game. You look at... Uh, you know, two blocks for Josh Jacoby, which was nice, three rebounds, and you only used him 15 minutes. I think that 10 to 15 minutes is all is the most you can use him for. And to be fair, I only want to see him when we have to use him. And I'm going to say the same thing for Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman got 24 minutes in this game. I did not think that he was great. But was he better than Josh Kogi? Yeah, he was. Because Josh Kogi just makes bad decisions. Jake Lehman had no turnovers. To me, that's impressive. You look at 29 from Jalen Noel, 20 from Nathan Knight. Nathan Knight with a great double-double. Jordan McLaughlin, again, low bar, I understand that, but he did so many good things in this game. Ultimately, it's tough for me to fault him. Five points, you'd like that to be better. Of course, six rebounds, 10 assists. Yes, he was one of nine. We get that. But a few of those misses were inside, and they actually led to baskets. You know, one in particular, he went in late in the fourth, goes in, the ball rolls out, but Greg Monroe gets the putback. And that's available to us because he's aggressive and gets to the hoop. These are things that you have to take into account. 10 of 18 for Jalen Noel, 6 of 9 from 3. Right at this moment, there's no one I'd rather have shooting a three-point shot than Jalen Noel. There just isn't. When we're fully healthy, of course you can make the argument for a guy like Carl Towns, but, but that's it, right? Anthony Edwards, when he's on fire, that's a different beast, but he's just not consistently as good. Jalen Noel, if you told me I had to pick one guy in this team to make a three-point shot, I think I'm taking him. I just am. Again, your final score in this game was 108-103. Wolves take it. That's going to do that for this edition of The Howl. Thank you again for listening. Uh, for anyone that missed us here on Dash Radio's Nothing Bennett channel, again, if you've missed any of this, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, 
Podient, Spotify. We are in all those different locations. And until next time, let me get a howl.